good morning and welcome to New Hope Church. My name is Maya. I'm Kat, and we just want to say welcome, welcome, especially if this is your first time here. We're just going to go over a couple of things just to get you acquainted with us, right? Yes. So this is our sanctuary. In the back of our sanctuary, we have our prayer room. So if you need prayer, just go at any time. Uh, just go prayer room, nursery, yes. babies to two years old, our youth wing from three years old all the way to high school. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Through those doors, we have our fellowship hall where you can get um, your breakfast. They have fried rice this morning. I checked. I checked. Did you eat? Um, no, I didn't. From first service. I was sitting in first service. My stomach was growling. My husband kept looking at me. Yes, like that. And he was looking at me. I was like, stop looking at me. Everybody's going to know that my stomach is growling because that's how I get. I'll stand further away from you then. So, <laughs> on, on camera, but as far away as can. Yes. So breakfast is in there. Our well is in there with snacks and smoothies and bagels and muffins. Restrooms, our resource center. Yep. That'll help you with yes. your walk with, with Jesus. Yes. Books and, and ideas. children's yes. books and things like that. They so. have all that in there. Okay. So coming up next week. Wait, wait. No, 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 no. This week. No. No, what? not even, not even. What? Last week, there was 21 people that were water baptized. Oh, yes, that's 21 right. People that 21 people 21. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So if you were water baptized last week, you can pick up your certificate at the information center. Yes, we yeah. have them ready for yeah. you to pick and up. One more and celebration. Yeah. Operation Christmas Child. Well, okay, our goal was 500 boxes. Our goal was 500. We did 657. Yes. Wow, you guys rocked it. Yeah, you our guys church, online our church is so inter- giving. Yeah. Our, yeah, our congregation. Wow, 657 yeah. children received love from you guys. 657 children. That's amazing. So thank you for doing that. That's crazy. Okay, so now this coming week, because it's the holidays, it's starting up, right? We are actually, you know, like how before people come over, you know, you kind of clean up, yeah, especially for Christmas time. There's an extra amount of decorating, maybe extra candles, extra whatever. We want to do that starting next week or this coming Saturday. This Saturday. Is our spruce up from 8 a.m. to 12. So you're all invited to come and help us. And we're just going to kind of just straighten up and just get it ready, our home church ready for when you bring your family and your friends and your coworkers in, that they'll be like, oh, nice, your church, you know, and it's so Christmassy. So we're going to be decorating too. So please join yeah, us. Yeah, not just on cleaning. Saturday. Yeah. Dads. But you know what? It's don't fun. Decorate too, so we can. This is the only place I come, I clean, and I have fun. I don't have as much fun cleaning my own house. It's just not the same without you guys. When we're all together, it's fun. Say it's fun. It's fun. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Fun. Decorating and cleaning. It's really fun. <laughs> All right, okay. But the fellowship is fun. Yes, the that's The cleaning, fun. not so much, but the relationships that you build, spending time with each other. Okay. That's fun. And we have our Christmas program. Uh, oh, we have a couple of events for you to... Okay, wait. Rewind, Kat. Rewind. Okay, pause. The Christmas season pause. For, your, for you to invite your yes. family and your friends. Yes. So on the 4th... We have our Christmas craft our fair. Our Christmas craft fair. Yes. Our vendors, our very own church congregants are participating in that. We're all full with vendors already. But please come next week and enjoy. It's going to have a lot to purchase and eat. Yeah, food. I'm food. so excited. She's hungry. Food. So, yeah. It'll so. be out in our courtyard. Tents will go up today. Yeah. Yes. So it'll be out there. It's another way for you to invite your family and friends to campus and then, you know, let them know, get church in the sanctuary. Yeah. But, <laughs> but get stuff outside, too. Yes. So another we want to thing, partner with you in reaching your family and friends. Yes, and another really thing you is. can invite them to is our Christmas program on the 14th, which is a Wednesday, our Wednesday night service at 6.30 p.m. We have our Christmas service, The Greatest Hope. 
It's going to be fun. The children are going to be in here. We're going to have hula. We're going to have songs, Christmas stuff. So please enjoy your um, That's Wednesday your the 14th. That. Okay. And we're just making you aware of some things. The following two Wednesdays, the 21st and 28th, we're not going to have service. Uh, Christmas Eve, we'll have service. Christmas and New Year's Day fall on a Sunday this year. Yes. So we will have service on Christmas Day and New Year's Day. We'll also have service on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. And again, we're just making you aware. Yeah. Mark your calendars. Yeah. Um, yeah. There yeah. will be some time changes. There are time changes, so please um, go into the app on the website. Check before you come to church because there's going to be changes, okay? We just wanted you to heads up on that, okay? Is that it? I think that's it. That's it. Yeah. Thank you, yeah, Mayo. good. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's so much fun to talk about... Um, Things that we're thankful for, things that, you know, the holiday season, that feel that it's in the air. You can literally feel it in the air. And so as we um, had our Thanksgiving, you know how we go around our families and what are you thankful for? What are you thankful for? Um, it's because we want to take that time to pause and really reflect on things that we are thankful for, whether it's small things, whether it's big changes in our lives. And so that's why as we pray over our tithes and our offerings, we take this time to pause and reflect on the goodness of God. We thank him for our blessings because our blessings truly come from him. So as we, we pause from the busyness, from the announcements, from everything, and just give this time to the Lord and we pray about what we can do to partner with him to further his kingdom. So let's, let's pray over our tithes and our offerings. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for your provision for us. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you for your protection. We thank you for your love. We just ask, Lord, that you just guide us and continue to bless our households, Lord. We ask that you take whatever we give, whatever little that we give, Lord, that you take it and you multiply it, Lord, to further your kingdom, to reach people that still need to hear about you, God. So we trust you with our finances. We trust you with our household. We trust you with everything, God, because you love us more than anybody else loves us. So we do trust you. We thank you and we praise you, Father, in Jesus' name. And we all say, amen, amen. There's different ways that you can give. Um, we don't pass out the buckets anymore. So you can go in the back of the sanctuary. There's boxes that you can drop your offerings in, or you can use the app or the other technological ways that we have to offer. And as we looked at things that we were thankful for for 2022, it sounds so futuristic when you actually say it, yeah? 2022 but we have so many things to be thankful for and we had our vision night and our vision night we actually showed a video like a recap of what you guys us as the church um, did or some of the things that happened during 2022 so if you weren't there we have the video right now so let's take a look Someone like me to carry. 
Jesus for 2022. You know, everything that we did in 2022 was because we were empowered and called by God to go out and reach our community with his love. But here's the thing. That was a recap for 2022, but we're not done yet. We have another month. So the charge is let's finish strong. Let's continue doing what God's asked us to do and end 2022 and go into 2023 following him, walking in the authority and the boldness and everything that he's given us because he's seated at the throne. Amen? Well, so, it's finally Thanksgiving weekend, or the weekend after Thanksgiving. And I say that because this is the weekend I can legally put up all my tree, trees, actually have more than one tree, and decorations in my house. But I have to be honest, some of my stuff has been up. I just kind of snuck it up and didn't put lights on it because I have a middle child who um, requested that we wait because my middle child feels that Thanksgiving is the middle child in the trifecta of Halloween and Christmas. So in her eyes, we look forward to Halloween because we're going to dress up, we're going to eat candy, we're going to get together, and we're going to have a blast. And then Halloween's over, and we start thinking, ooh, Christmas decorations, let's put up the tree, let's play Christmas music. So she says, hey, Let's just let the middle child of Thanksgiving have its due. Let's enjoy it. So I kind of waited, because I admit I'm one of those people. I love Christmas. I do, I do like Thanksgiving. I'm surrounded by people that cook really well, so I like to eat. I have a lot to be thankful for. I have 10 grandkids that come over. A lot to be thankful for, so I love Thanksgiving. But man, I cannot wait for Christmas. I cannot wait for Christmas. I'm one of those people. I can't wait to get my decorations up. I'm looking for eggnog in October. I play Christmas music as soon as possible. In fact, I'll let you know, my birthday is in the beginning of September. And I give myself a gift every single year. And you know what that is? That's the day that I start listening to Christmas music. I love Christmas and everything about it. Now, how many of you are like me? Like, let me have it. As soon as I can, like, you're not even waiting until September. You're listening to Christmas music in June. You just don't tell people. So how many of you, if you're online, put it in the chat. But how many of you are like me? Can't wait. Let's do it. Oh, man. I'm the minority. We're the Guys, we're the minority. We got some work here. Okay. How many of you are like, hey, give Thanksgiving its due. Everything in order. Let's be thankful and let's celebrate Thanksgiving before we even think about Christmas. How many of you? Yeah. Okay, there's a third group. How many of you are like, I just don't care? I don't care. Enjoy it. In June, in September, in all, whatever you want to enjoy it, enjoy it. Just enjoy it. Quit arguing, just enjoy it. How many of you are that person? Yeah. <laughs> so there are those like me, we just cannot wait. There are others like my granddaughter and my friend Cindy here who say, hey, wait till after Thanksgiving. And there are those who think both sides are really silly. You should just enjoy it any way you want. We have opinions about how Christmas decorating should be done, when it should be done, how early is too early, and how, when is the right time. Now, 
I'm actually not here to try to talk you into when you set de decorate or not. It's up to you. But I did this because I want to prepare you to talk a little bit about Christmas. And I want to actually read the Christmas story to you. And I want to talk about some of the key players. So if you don't mind, I'm actually going to read the entire Christmas story to you. Now I'll read what Matthew, who was one of Jesus' disciples, who actually walked with him, wrote. And then I'm going to add in some detail with what Luke wrote. Now, Luke wasn't one of the original followers of Jesus. Many scholars believe that he was a Gentile physician who went on missionary journeys with Paul, but he wrote his account after a lot of research and speaking with people who walked with Jesus, who talked with Jesus, and experienced him. So as I read to you, I want you to remember something. Every story in here is written by a real person about a real person who had a real experience that really uh, impacts and affects us today. So I want you to hear the story through that lens. Okay, so I'm going to start beginning in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. And that's all that Matthew wrote. So I went to Luke. Now, in Luke 1, beginning in verse 26, Luke fills it in with, In the sixth months of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named David, a descendant, to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And Mary was greatly troubled at these words, and she wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Well, how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come, come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word of God will ever fail. And I am the Lord's servant, Mary said. May your word be to me, may your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. So I'm going to write Mary here because she's one of the people we're going to talk about. Now, I'm going to tell you, it starts out nice. It will not be by the end. You will think I'm writing in tongues. Just warning you. Okay. Now, we're going to continue the account. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. 
All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him as his wife. And he did not know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and she called his name Jesus. So we have Joseph. I'm going to write Joe. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod, the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who is born king of the Jews? For we have seen a star in the east, and we have come to worship him. So now we've got Herod, and we've got the wise men. Oops, I need my oil. And we've got the wise men. Now when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together. He inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written in the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who shall shepherd my people Israel. So I'm going to write, we have the religious leaders, that's the um, scribes and the Pharisees. Look, it's getting worse as I go. Okay. Now here, the story gets a little bit fascinating. Then Herod, who had secretly called the wise men, determined for them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come to worship him also. So when they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened up their treasures, they presented him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring, word, bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. Then Herod, when he was, saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry. And he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all the districts from two years old and under, according to the time which had been determined from the wise men. So now we've got intrigue, we've got a power play, and we've got murder. And I bet you've never heard the Christmas story like that, ever. Now Matthew didn't include the shepherds who were out tending the sheep the night Jesus was born. But we all know about them. So Luke wrote this. And there were shepherds 
living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch at their, over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angel left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has, been, that has happened, which the Lord told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning him that had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. So now I'm going to write shepherds. So we have six people, right? Six groups. We have Mary, Joseph, Herod, the wise men, the religious leaders, and the shepherds. Six groups of people encountered Jesus before he even started his ministry. So in the time to, that we have today, I want to take a look at all six of these guys and notice how they responded to him. So obviously our first person is Mary, right? When the, the angel approached her, and I'm going to say this in my words, he said, hey, rejoice. You're someone special. And something cool is about to happen to you. You are going to have a child. And your son is going to be great. And he is going to be called the son of God. But Mary had a question. See, she heard what he said. So she heard. She questioned him. She's like, okay, that's cool. One small problem. I'm a virgin. But the angel said, no problem. God's got it covered. So then Mary yielded her will to God's will, and then she obeyed him, and then she praised. So that was her response to Jesus. Then we got Joseph. See, now imagine how Joseph would have felt. Imagine that. Mary comes to him, and she's telling the story that, okay, if we're honest, because, you know, we're looking back on it all this way, we go, oh, cool. Looking at it from Joseph's point of view, that's pretty unbelievable. Like, really? Seriously, Mary? Are you kidding me? You want me to believe that? But he was a man of honor. So we know that he was heartbroken. I'm going to guess he was angry. But then he has an encounter of his own. An angel appears to him. And the angel says to him, hey, Joseph, don't be afraid of what people think. Don't be afraid of what they're going to say. Because what Mary told you is true. She is going to have a son. And he is going to save his people from their sins. And Joseph may not have understood that. Because how could he? But he obeyed. Didn't understand made no sense but he obeyed then we have the wise men the wise men are cool we don't know much about them we know that they're astrologers we knew that they saw an unusual star in the sky and they knew it foretold the birth of a special king in Israel 
So they were unsure of what they saw. But they knew what they were looking for. So they came seeking. And they misunderstood. See, they thought that Jesus was going to be a political king because that's all they knew. But when they found him, they fell down and they worshipped. There's Herod. Herod's interesting because he was actually a king. And his actual title was King of the Jews. So when the wise men came and said, hey, we saw the star in the sky. We came to follow it because we know that the star says there's a baby born who's going to be the king of the Jews. Herod was not like, all right, I got a partner. Herod was like, oh, no. So Herod threatened because what Herod wants to do is protect his throne, not only for him, but he also wants to protect it for his son. So he's going to reject Jesus. And then later when he finds out that the wise men kind of fooled him, he became very destructive. Then we have the religious leaders. They're interesting. See, Herod calls the religious leaders and says, hey, what is this about the star? And these religious leaders are able to give a prophecy from Scripture. So they're able to relate a prophecy and say to Herod, well, here's what it says in Scripture. And then we go strangely silent on them. They missed an opportunity because we hear nothing about them until Jesus starts his ministry about 30 years later and when we do hear about them, they're opposing Jesus. And then we have the shepherds. The shepherds are out in the field minding their own business, tending their sheep. All of a sudden, an angel appears with the glory of God. And once he's got their attention, he says, hey, don't freak out here, but I got good news. Because there's this baby born in Jerusalem, a savior. He is the Messiah that you're waiting for. And here's how you're going to recognize him. And then he sends them. But he doesn't send them to a palace. He doesn't send them to the ritzy neighborhood with all the nice houses. He sends them to a manger, a place where animals were kept. And he told them this baby who was born to be the Messiah, who would save the people from their sins, would be wrapped in swaddling clothes or rags. And these shepherds, who were separated from everyday town life, went to go seek the baby. And then they went out and told everyone. The shepherds were essentially the first evangelists because they heard the good news, and then they went and told it. Now, each of these main players in the Bible had to respond to Jesus in some way. When they encountered him, there was something that they were forced to face and a decision that they had to make. Would they believe? Would they accept him? Would they reject him? Would they get rid of him? Would they ignore him? Would they feel threatened by him? See, everything about his birth caused those who encountered him to respond. 
Mary accepted. Joseph actually wanted to divorce Mary, which meant he was rejecting Jesus until he heard from the angel. Herod felt threatened. The wise men sought him. The religious leaders missed their opportunity, but the shepherds saw and they told everyone. And as we step into this Christmas season, while we're surrounded with the sights and the sounds of Christmas, we get the same privilege that they had. We get to decide, how are we going to respond to Jesus? And I want to encourage you to think about that. To explore it in your own real life. What does that mean to you? What does his presence mean to you now, right now? And how are you going to respond to his presence in your life? Because I'm going to be honest, sometimes my response mimics any one of these guys. Sometimes I'm like the religious leaders. They were able to relate a prophecy to Herod, but they remained unchanged themselves. They knew the prophecy. They knew what was promised. They weren't changed. I know Jesus' character. I know that his greatest command is to love others in the same way that I've been loved. In fact, a few months ago, I stood up here, and I said, hey, when we walk out these doors, let's make every decision that we make be based on what does love require of me. See, I can quote scripture. I can tell you what Jesus expects of us. But in the moment, some moments, I totally forget. A couple of months ago, well, about a year ago, Pastor Lynn and I were driving from Waimea to Hilo through the Hamakua coast. Now, Pastor Lynn is from the mainland. And what that means is that when Pastor Lynn drives, it's not like the people here. She makes me pray in tongues sometimes. And she doesn't really speed, but she doesn't really drive slow. She just, and she's got a little fit. It's a little fit. So we're driving along the Hamakoa coast. She's driving, and all of a sudden she goes, oh my gosh, there's this truck coming up on me. And it was one of those huge container trucks. And the guy must have been late to his delivery because he was hauling. And he's coming up on her, and we're on the Hamakoa coast. And she goes, I don't know what to do because he's just like, he's not slowing down. And she's driving fast, but he's not slowing down. And she says, I have to make this right. I don't, what am I supposed to do? Because he's right on me. I can't make the right. So I looked at her. I said, okay, there's a um, shoulder there. Just get in the shoulder. Let him pass us, and you can make the right. So this guy, as he's passing us, in all of his rudeness, goes, beep, beep. So I'm sitting in the car, and I go. (laughs) And she goes, "Did, did you just shock on that guy? I said, yeah but he doesn't know that. All he saw was my arm go up. He's in a bad mood. He sinned. I didn't. It's up to him. See, I can tell you what God wants, but in the moment, guess what? My flesh won out. I chose to ignore the presence of God, and I let my flesh have its way. Hey! I remained unchanged. But other times, I'm like Mary. You know, when you have your devotions... And you know that you know that you know that you heard from God. I heard from God. This is so cool. And you say, Lord, whatever you want, let's go for it. I'm all in. Let's go. Until it maybe leads me into chaos. Or it leads me to love somebody that, really, Lord? Him? Her? That person? And then I'm like Joseph. Then I'm like Joseph. And I'm like, 
I'm going to be religious. And I'm going to do the holy thing while I disobey God. Because I know how to be holy. Until God gets my attention. And I go, okay. See, Jesus' birth and his presence in our lives today calls for a response. How will you and I respond to the presence of Jesus in our lives? What will we do with him? Who is he? See, 30-something years after his birth, Jesus had a conversation with some of his followers probing for a response. See, the religious leaders had witnessed his miracles and his teaching. Remember, 33 years later. That means some of those religious leaders who are witnessing Jesus' miracles and his teachings may have been the same religious leaders who had gone to Herod and say, hey, well, there's this prophecy. But 33 years after that, they're unchanged. And Jesus is gaining popularity with the people, and they feel threatened by his teaching. So they ask Jesus for a sign from heaven. He, they want him, prove to us that you're who you say you are. But he declines to give them one. And later on, he has a conversation with his own disciples. And this is the only scripture today. And it's this, from Matthew 16, 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And so they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but you, who do you say I am? And then Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. The opinions were swirling to Jesus it came down to one question who do you say that I am in this Christmas I believe that God is asking each of us to respond to his question in a very personal and very intimate way so who do I or you or you who do we say Jesus is? How does his presence impact our lives and how we choose to live and to love others? And as we go into the Christmas season, that's where I want to leave us. I have no answers. I don't have three points on how to be a better person. I don't have three points on how to live a better life. I only have a question for you and for me. Who is Jesus? And what are you going to do with his presence in your life? And my prayer is that this season will be different for us. That as we enjoy the festivities and the joy and the music and the family and the gifts, my prayer is that we walk through this Christmas season impacted and different because of who Jesus is. 
So may his presence change us. And because he's changed us, may those around us be changed. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much. Thank you for calling us to be like you and for making us face and to make a decision about who you are in our lives. Teach us, Lord, to respond to you out of faith, out of obedience, out of trust. Even when things don't make sense, teach us to trust and say, may it be done to me as you have said, and may we live the lives that you call us to live because of who you are. And you are Christ, the Son of God, the Messiah. And we, your people, choose to follow you. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody says, amen. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. Go enjoy this Christmas and face that question, and let's go into 2023 different because of who Jesus is. God bless you.